everybody. Welcome back to TRB. That's right. It's the Resistance Broadcast, and I'm John. Happy to have you here with us on Make Solo 2 Happen Day Eve on this Monday. Uh, approaching the end of May here, but we are very excited about this episode, about tomorrow. And with me, as always, is Lacey and James. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow's the day. Make Solo 2 Happen Day continues. Why? One it was their original plan to keep telling these stories. They had ideas. John Kazan recently tweeted on May the 4th about this whole idea with the Hut cartel that Han would be working for, the end pages of his first draft of the solo script with his father, Lawrence Kazan. Um, but also, everyone involved with the movie, whether it's actors, producers, the head of ILM, uh, Robert Doe, John Kazan himself, Lawrence Kazan even said he would come back just to do more solo they all clearly want to do it. This isn't one of those, hey, you need to change this or do that. It's you had a plan. Unfortunately, because of what happened with the first movie, it didn't happen. We just want to be able to see that fulfilled, whether that's in a movie, on a Disney Plus series, whatever. We would love to see Alden Ehrenreich and Yona Sotomo back as Han and Chewie. And of course, all the other characters, right, Lacey? I mean, yeah. it makes a little too happy day is also just a positive, fun time. Yeah, we loved it. We just want more. That's it. We wouldn't change anything. We just want the creators to yeah. be able to create. <laughs> tell the stories That's they all. wanted to tell, right, James? I, I think like, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like we would absolutely love to see it. But part of our holiday is just like the fact that the movie sort of got its own sort of like not very well received whatever and it's like they you know like go back revisit it like I, not that your first viewing was incorrect or something like that but i think there was so much other stuff we think there was so much other stuff going on in star wars at the time that it just didn't it didn't really get the 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 fair due uh for what the movie is and and what it's about and uh and how it all all plays out and we just we just think it's a great movie uh so so use today to celebrate what you do like about the movies yeah um it's it, share you know, your it's, cosplays it's just share kind of one of those drawings. things yeah yeah share all your stuff we want to see it yeah, it's there's been this nothing there's no movie that's ever a hundred percent bad. So if there's one thing you like about it, just say, yeah, like, uh, you know, solo is horrible, but hey, the music was good, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, that's cool. You it know? comes. Yeah, it comes down to the fact that the movies clearly picked up steam and even people who didn't catch it in the theaters first time around have come around to it. People who didn't like it at first said, you know what? Actually, that is a pretty good movie now that I've stepped yes. back a bit and people who originally loved it still love it. Uh, and also just the fact, like you guys are saying, it's it's a positive thing. We This is our fourth Make Solo 2 Happen Day, unfortunately. But here we are talking about this. And let's not forget the Clone Wars. There was a movement, Save the Clone Wars, bring back the Clone Wars for like six, seven years. And they finally did that. We're on our fourth Make Solo 2 Happen Day. And Alden Ehrenreich said he would come back and he would actually be more interested in playing this version of Han, who's been a bit jaded. Uh, all yeah. the a lot of the other actors want to come back. Obviously, Jonas Sotomo, who's been on the show, uh, we spoke to him last year at Anaheim. He said, "Keep going." Uh, Rob Bordeaux, head of ILM, VP over there, said, "Would we hear you? Keep going." Uh, this isn't one of those things where they're like, "No, you guys are annoying us." They're like, "No, keep going because we believe in this. We have stories to tell." And like we said, John Kazan already has the ideas, and it'd be really cool to see that cartel battle happen on a varying platform. But anyway. It's a good time just celebrating Solo in general. So if you dig the movie, you dig what's going on, and, and, and it's always a real positive day, 
uh, make solo to happen day. So hop on your social media, use the hashtag make solo to happen. And that's all you got to do. Tweet away, Instagram away, Facebook away. And let's just have fun sharing our love for this movie. And like Lacey said, whether you have art you made, you have swag, solo swag, uh, makes a little two happen shirts, cosplays, whatever. Have some fun and let's celebrate an awesome Star Wars movie and the hopes that we see these characters again in live action. Um, but we are going to talk about Han Solo today. But overall, the character's sort of journey and his arc. Uh, so we're going to get to that a bit later. And as you saw with the title... Uh, how Luke and Leia helped him rediscover his true self. Um, and honestly, the three of us are obviously going to have varying points of view on that as we typically do here on TRB, but excited for that discussion later just to get the flames going in the uh, eve of Make Solo 2 Happen Day as we focus on Han Solo today in our main discussion. But James, before that, we have a segment that we love to do on this show to kick mm-hmm. things off. So mm-hmm. let's fire that mm-hmm. one up. I fear nothing. All this as the force wills it. That's right. Will of the force again. Um, everybody knows that we have every if you're a listener, a regular show, everybody knows we got the Patreon going on. One of the perks that you get is you occasionally get to, I mean, you always get to submit for Will of the Force. Um, but occasionally we do like to do an all Patreon, uh, all patron submitted uh version of Will of the Force, and we are doing that this week so if you're a patron get excited it's it's very likely that your uh, question is going to be here so let's let's do the first one to kick it off with uh which comes from commander megan polar hey, uh, will carson tava be in ahsoka since he's besties with zeb uh lacy kick it off for us uh do you think there's any chance that we're going to see carson tava in the ahsoka series via this connection Megan, this is an awesome question, not just because I love Carson Tava and I love Paul, but because I haven't even considered this. I think as Star Wars fans, we often throw out like who's going to be a cameo, who's going to show up. I think this totally makes sense. Yes, 100% he's going to show up at some point. I think it's a very challenging time with Ahsoka and um, all the different characters that they've said numerous times in interviews are just fighting for like to do what's right and they're standing up to what's going on. They obviously are going a little bit against the New Republic, which we've seen Carson Tava's character do as well. Like he's one of those righteous people that just wants to keep people safe and stand up for the little guy. So I could totally see him popping up in this show and I would love it. I hope I hope John, Paul's what do you think? Keeping it to himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I it makes sense, uh, especially, you know, they filmed this show the same place they filmed The Mandalorian. Um I know uh, Paul's from Canada, but I mean, if he's regularly down there for filming The Mandalorian, it would make sense for him to be here. And also, they did seem to set up that all these uh, Adelphi Rangers are this sort of fraternal group who like to, you know, share beverages together like uh, Norm and the Cheers gang. But I, <laughs> this makes a ton of sense to me. Seeing Zeb like was so cool. Uh, and then seeing him like sort of already have this established connection. Like you say, Megan, they're besties with uh, Carson Tava. It was so well done. This, it was yeah. so well done. The yeah. Look so, everything. I, I think the momentum they're trying to do build with this Adelphi Rangers thing is going to be part of that movie that Filoni's going to end up doing. So I think it would make mm-hmm. sense for more of these characters to continue to overlap into these other stories. I don't think Carson Tava is going to be, have a big role in Ahsoka, but it would make a ton of sense to have him in there so that we keep the 
adhesiveness between these shows to to remind the audience that this is all part of this bigger story. I know I've said before that the Mandalorian will show up in Ahsoka, and I I think he will, but I could see Carson Tava showing up before the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and ding, ding, ding. Yes, this is, this is all three of us saying the same thing. Megan, I, 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 this is something that I didn't consider until you said it, but when you said it, it just makes perfect sense because you have to have Zeb. Zeb was introduced in The Mandalorian because they were setting you up for Ahsoka. We obviously, we, we know that. That's just happening. But the reason they brought him in with Carson Tava, it, I don't think that's just simply the connection. I think Mm -hmm. there's more to that because at some point I feel like you're even going to get to this, like they're going to recruit him. They're going to call him. They're going to ask him, you know, Hey, we need your help or something. However, Zeb is involved. I feel like this group of people, um, I don't know. This, this just makes so much sense. It's, it's almost, I almost wish you didn't say it because I would have been so surprised, but it would have been, it's so obvious at the same time. Like, I don't know. It's such a good question, but we're all there. Yeah, they clearly have like an established friendship that you that I never even yeah. really considered. I just thought they were friendly, but like looking back in my head at the like how he just kind of slides up and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like you wouldn't do that to just a random person; you'd do that to a friend, right? And he kind of confides in him too. Lacey, you said you said he looks so good. I'm telling you, there's one movement. I'm like, I don't even know how they did it. I'm telling you, he puts his <laughs> he puts his hands down and he does this mm-hmm. like head drop and look over. And I'm like, that is a person. That's yes. not a, that. I don't, I don't know how they animated it, but he just does for people on video. He goes so subtle. Well, that's yeah. June 28th. We're going to find out on yeah, Disney Gallery. Are. The Mandalorian. So I think oh, it's a maybe combo. St- Stephen Bloom maybe that's did true. some performance capture. That'd be cool. Very cool. He'd have right, to be well, on the stilts, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that would I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, that's a they did it for K2SO um, and all that too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Great, great uh, first question. Um, moving on to the second, uh, General Christian Morales asked us the question: Will any of the upcoming TV series get any tie-in novels? Looking at upcoming series being Ahsoka, Acolytes, Mothers, um, is there any chance that we're going to get in some books? Uh, I'm going to bounce it back at you, John. Any chance we're getting books connected to these TV series? Acolyte will, for sure. Uh, Whether it's comics or a novel, um, expanding upon my guess would be the relationship between Amanda Stenberg's character and... uh, the dude from Squid Game, so I always forget his name. Uh, he's he plays her master, so I could see, you know, mm-hmm. sort of what they did with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Do a bit of a let's see when they were master and apprentice in a book. That would make ton of sense to me. Uh, the the Mandoverse stuff, I don't think so, because books take a while to develop. We know that Adam Christopher had a book tied to the Mandalorian that they ended up canceling. I think they canceled it for a reason because they were already developing the idea of making this into one big thing. Uh, and I think because Filoni's movie is a little bit ways off, you don't want to start tying knots between these different mediums and handcuffing what he's trying to do, what an author's trying to do. And I think they're going to hold off on that. So that's why I look at things like Acolyte, which is not connected to that. Um, and I think Acolyte is prime for getting a book made about it. Uh, like I said, my guess would be the relationship between the Jedi Master and uh, his former Padawan when they were 
master and Padawan. Uh, so that would be also flirting with High Republic time as well. Um, but I think that'd be a nice lead-in novel, sort of like, uh, what was it, Catalyst? Uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. novels. What was the, the, was that the Rogue One prequel novel? Like, am I thinking of the name right? I don't know, but um, something like that. But I, I think if there are tie-in novels for the Mando stuff, it'll be after Filoni's movie's done and the story's told just to uh, help supplement the material. But I think it'd be a little messy to try to get that going while he's trying to develop a major motion picture. Yep. Lacey, what do you think? I think John's right. The Acolyte's kind of a no-brainer seeing as one of the characters in it is from the High Republic. It's just kind of like, yes, of course they would have some type of book tied into mm-hmm. that. Um, it, it, I'm sure even the authors have been working with that that group because even talking about it at Celebration, they were very much intertwined and in saying how, you know, this is... They mentioned the High Republic multiple times. You see Jonas's Wookiee character wearing those gold robes. Like, it's clearly uh, yeah. connected there. I also do think that they're going to have some type of book and or comic series related to Skeleton Crew because it's kids related. And I think it's a perfect way to tie in some kids, middle school readers or children's books specifically to these kids going on adventures. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, as far as the Acolyte goes, you already sort of have the iRepublic, you know, tie in there. Um, And I I think that uh, as each of these come out, um, it makes so much sense. But I will say I'm honestly surprised that they haven't done more like the Mandalorian had a book and it got canceled. Yep. Um, It was around the time of the Gina stuff, too. So I don't know if that played a role in it as well. Yep, could uh, yeah, could, could have, um, but we still we still haven't gotten anything from that. Um, but I don't know; it's sort of tricky. Andor sort of has like so much Rogue One stuff; I, they don't really need it. Obi Wan, like at this time, I I don't know. They're sort of I don't know. I I think Acolyte's probably the the likeliest uh, out of all of these, um, considering they already sort of have a publishing group that's built around that time period. So that is probably what I would say. I do want to give a quick shout out to Christian. Uh, He's our buddy over on our Patreon. As you know, this was a submission from Patreon, but he also is kind of our little leader of the TRB book club that's run through our Patreon as well. A group of people get together and they Mm -hmm. discuss the books and he is so passionate about it and it's so lovely to see. Um, So I did want to give him a shout out. And this question is truly him and purely his love for the books. Um, So yeah, it's just another perk of joining patreon you get to meet cool people that like stuff just like you and they have tons of discussions about it yeah yep mm-hmm. all right well moving on to uh, yeah to- totally <laughs> moving on to the next one though uh we have a question from one of our spice runners michael fry and michael wanted to ask will admiral sloan or grand admiral rax show up in ahsoka in the books grand admiral rax was the person who created the shadow council um I'll, I'll kick this one off. I think that uh, there's a good, there's a chance that they could mention Grand Admiral Rex, but at this time, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. No spoilers. Um, but the question of Admiral Sloan, uh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. That character has been sort of left untouched. No one's really talked about that character and what they're up to. Um, I think there pr- is a pretty good chance that we could see Sloan and Thrawn uh, working together, Sloan being involved in some way or another, because um, I know Filoni does pay attention to the books, at least to a certain degree, um, to keep that content 
Right. So I think so. Uh, John, what do you think? <clears throat> Brax died at the Battle of Jakku. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Uh, Spoiler. So. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, it happened a long time ago. Right? Um, <laughs> did. But yeah, so Rax, uh, unless they do flashbacks, I don't know how uh, important that would be. Um, Sloan makes sense. I mean, Pelion was in Mandalorian. Uh, so they are paying close attention to these sort of, you know, Thrones right hand man and other people that would be surrounding the military operations and ranks. Uh, Ray Sloan would make sense. Uh, so let's see, pick up, you know, where that character is uh, at this point in time. So I think so. I think that's, I think that's a great question though, Michael. Appreciate it. All these questions have been great. Christian, Megan, Michael, you're going to put me out of a job. Um, Lacey, what do you think? Uh, Michael, thank you for your question. Really appreciate it. Uh, I agree with these guys. I think they both made really good points. I think Admiral Sloan will show up. She's definitely a fan favorite. People ask all the time about it. And then it would be a really cool cameo and or appearance to have in the show. That would be a total surprise for people. But at the same time, not give too much away. Like if you didn't know who it was, it wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm talking about type thing, but it would be cool for the people that do know. Um, and seeing as they've kind of given you all the different surprises like Thrawn already from Celebration, I think it would just be another kind of fun character for fans to connect everything together. So I'm going to say yes. And I'm reading I'm reading now just real quick that she sort of rolled with the Huxes. And again, like Hux's dad was a part of that council uh, in Mando like so yeah it would make a lot of sense all right we got one final uh question for will of the force this week and this is coming from again another one of our patrons this time admiral sooner thrawn i wonder if it, it has anything to do with his question whether it'll involve thrawn or soka <laughs> or something we'll see uh will ray be in the new film more or less than luke was in the last jedi so it didn't have anything to do with thrawn but it has to do with ray and the new film that she's going to be in coming in uh, 2025, we're assuming. Lacey, what are your thoughts on screen time for the character of Ray? Um, wait, hold on. I'm confused by this question. Will Ray be in the new? F oh, she'll have more time than Luke. In Will the she last be Jedi? in the movie more than Luke was ah. in the Last Jedi as the like sort of the the father yes, figure to yes, new yes, characters? Yes, or whatever, yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, Sooner Thrawn. Great question. Uh, sorry, I got confused. However, uh, yes, it's Ray's movie. They've made it very clear that this is her story and it's kicking off 15 years later and it's they brought Daisy out. It's Daisy's story. So I'm going to say yes, 100 percent. All right. Yes, 100 percent. John, do you think the same? Yeah, I mean, she had 10 minutes more of screen time in The Last Jedi than Luke did. Now you just remove him from the equation uh and it's her main story now it's not still passing the baton i i think this is a complete book it lock bang that ray will have more screen time in uh her movie whatever it's going to be called than luke did in tlj <laughs> yeah i i tend to agree i think that um 
we don't exactly know what the role of this character is going to be, but I think the uh, the question here you're giving us, Sunerthron, is implying potentially that like she's not the main character of these, and and she's going to be a mentor that shows up, similar to how Luke was a mentor to Ray, and Luke mm-hmm. had about X amount of screen time. Um, you know, I don't know if Luke had more screen time in The Last Jedi than uh, Alec Guinness had screen time in A New Hope. That'd be an interesting mm-hmm. comparison as well. Um, but I think that in this case, I'm more assuming that Ray is going to be more of a main character than whoever these other people are. So she's still the main uh, top build person in this movie, which means that she's going to have more screen time than the not top build person in Last Jedi had, which was Mark mm-hmm. Hamill. So right. uh, I think that's three for three on us. We all think that Ray is going to have more screen time than Luke did. Um, so real quick, in, in real that quick James. Obi-Wan, 17 plus minutes in A New Hope. Ooh. Luke Ooh. Skywalker, 23 plus minutes in TLJ. So only six minutes more, but... Um, but also, well, okay, I, I was about to say Obi Wan did die in that movie, but Luke he did, did die, too, so it doesn't really yeah. mean. But Luke died at the very end. All right, so, um, all right, so that's going to be it this week for Will of the Force, and I'm going to send it over to Lacey as she introduces our next section. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon Pod Race. All right, guys, there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate it. We just went over 2,000 subscribers, which is awesome. Um, You can share this episode on social media, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what your favorite part is, because that also lets other people know that we exist. And the best way to tell other people about a podcast is word of mouth. So if you're also on an audio platform like an Apple podcast or Spotify, leave us a review if you have the time. It lets us know how we're doing and then also lets other people know what you like about the podcast. But if you want more than that, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and you become a part of the community and what we're doing here and you play a part in what our dreams and goals are with the podcast and where we go from here. Um, so starting at just $5 a month, you're saying, hey, I want to join the resistance and we truly, truly appreciate it. So this is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. We ask them a question, they give us their answer, we discuss a little bit. But before we get to that, I do want to thank those people. So first, thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, uh, Aaron Ellington, Micah Harrison, Colin Cormer, Hass Islam, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, and Diana. Thank you guys so much. Thank and you. Thank you. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank you guys so much. We're going to have a Thank Spice you. Runner coming up soon with the Spice Run chat on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for that. But this week, we have one of our awesome generals. It is John Reese. What up, John? Awesome to have you on the show. General Beard. And, mm-hmm. Yep. And his question is, what is the best Star Wars movie title in your opinion and why? John, take it away. Good evening, TRB. General Beard here. I had a little bit of a difficult time thinking of this, and I'm going to have to go with Revenge of the Sith being the best Star Wars movie title we've had so far. 
the prequel trilogy isn't my favorite overall trilogy, although I do still love it. But Revenge of the Sith, from being an evocative and grabbing title that gets you on the name alone, it carries a whole lot of weight, especially if you've grown up with the original trilogy and getting the end of Vader's backstory as Anakin, at least at the time that we had, obviously, we're, we're getting more content filled in. But yeah, I gotta say, Revenge of the Sith, it it's striking. Um, it's telling you that something bad is gonna happen, and it is the best of the prequel trilogy for me, personally. So there we go. Revenge of the Sith as the best Star Wars movie title. General Beard, out. Awesome job, John. It's so great to have you on the show again and to just see your face. It's so wonderful. So, James, what did you think? Well, that's half the problem, Lacey. You can't see his face. It's half of it's covered in a beard. Um, no, John, John but it's I think, so I think majestic. That's a great answer. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a great answer. The Re- Revenge of the Sith. I think there's. Um, there's fun. There's a fun story with that one too. When it comes down to the Revenge of the Jedi, and then it was Return of the Jedi. But then when they mm-hmm. did the prequels and all that, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's such a cool um, title that uh, I think. I think that that might be. That might be my choice too. I'd have to think about it a little bit. Um, but I also wanted to mention: Have you guys ever seen that video where they said like all the Star Wars movies have the wrong title? Yes. yes. It's very it's funny. so good. I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm fine with the titles being what they are or whatever, but the mm-hmm. way, way it just happens to play out. And I'm like, all of those make so much sense. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. It's, it's a cool little thing. Uh, but John, uh, I think you nailed it. Uh, and with the prequel trilogy being your favorite overall trilogy, like, or, or you're not your mm-hmm. favorite, but still going to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a, I think that's a good choice. And thanks for doing the pod race. John, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough to pick one. So that's why I was very interested to see where you went. Especially, you know, you you even said it here. The prequel trilogy is not your favorite. But uh, I, I think Attack of the Clones is the only title I don't love because they didn't really attack. Uh, but it's a good pick. Revenge of the Sith is dark. It's sinister. It's provocative, and like James said, it's a nod to the original title of Return of the Jedi, but also serves as a nice parallel to Return of the Jedi now, too, as the third in that trilogy versus the third in the original trilogy. So uh, I'm glad you had fun with it. I know you were talking to Discord how you enjoyed it. I also like that a lot of people were guessing that it would be solo uh, because, (laughs) you know, tomorrow makes Solo 2 happen day and stuff like that, but they were wrong. You went with Revenge of the Sith, and I can't argue with that. Good job, man. And thanks. Awesome. 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 John, it's so great to have you on the show. And you're just one of those people that I know is going to give like the best answers. I feel like the last one you did had to do with like designing some type of space, right? And you're an architect. So you brought this like crazy knowledge to the to the question. But I really liked your answer. I think Revenge of the Sith is a really, really powerful title. It's not my favorite movie, but it does have a good title. That being said, Thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. And now I'm going to head to John for our discussion. All right. This week's discussion, how Luke and Leia might have, I think, helped Han Solo rediscover his true self. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Here we go, folks. Han Solo carries a lot of reputations 
varying, you know, depending on who in the Star Wars galaxy you talk to. Uh, Han has one of the most fleshed out stories in all of Star Wars, ranging from his teens into old age. And along that journey, he went through a lot of personality changes. Uh, but let's talk about the impact that Luke and Leia had on Han and the idea that the two of them might have helped him rediscover his true self beyond the guarded, impenetrable exterior he showcased when we first met him in the original Star Wars film. Now, this idea comes from me. I don't know that Lacey and James agree with this. Uh, so I'm just going to start by saying what I've always believed was the purpose of the movie Solo and what that tells us about who Han becomes later on. And that when we first meet Han, he is more of a anything's possible optimist. Like, I will be able to do this. He believes in love. He believes in friendship. He believes in mentors. He has all of those things. And then by the end of the movie, he loses all of them through betrayal. Uh, Kira, clearly with the betrayal with Crimson Dawn. Uh, Lando takes off and leaves him high and dry and, you know, swindled him a couple times. And, uh, of course, Beckett and that betrayal and how that ended and what that did to Han and learning to maybe you do have to shoot first sometimes. And then we meet Han and, you know, we've heard in interviews with John Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan, and, of course, Alden Ehrenreich saying the plan was to get him to become the Han we meet in A New Hope. And then he would have played that version of him in stuff after Solo, in between Solo, in the 10 years between Solo and A New Hope. So then we meet him in A New Hope, and he's this guy who's the first thing he literally says is his own name, Han Solo. All he cares about is the rewards, the money, himself, getting out of there. I got to take care of my business. What's, what good's a reward if you're not around to use it? He's a very hard, you, you're not going to get inside uh, to him emotionally. He's going to keep you at a distance. The only person he cares about, two things he cares about, his ship and Chewie. And that's it. And money. And who? And money. And money. Right. Uh, but because <laughs> Chewie never turned his back on him. He's always been right. his loyal, you know, Indiana, so to speak, as George Lucas had with his dog. But what I'm trying to get to is we see those that return back to this Han we knew we met at the beginning of Solo, where he does find love again through Leia. He finds trust again, and he is willing to do everything he possibly can to help his friends, including what he thought might have been his own death in the carbon chamber. Uh, he wouldn't give his friends up. Uh, he cared about Luke off the bat, even just seeing him caring about him in the garbage contract uh, compactor when he when Luke disappeared by the Dianoga. Those two, I feel, really got to Han, and they were the first to do it in that ten year gap after what happened in Solo. And then you 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 sort of connect the dots, seeing the Han in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, especially when that rounds out. And you can really connect that Han with the Han at the beginning of Solo. So I truly believe in my heart that out of all the things and, and accolades and amazing things that Luke and Leia have done for the galaxy, for the Force, for everything, uh, I think one big thing that they did that a lot of people don't talk about is they helped Han rediscover his true self and break down those barriers that he put up due to what had happened to him and his traumas from being betrayed in Solo. So... I'm starting it there. That's my thought, my belief. Uh, I don't know which of you want to take the baton, so to speak, and and, and continue this, but uh, whether you agree or disagree with me, but go ahead. Go ahead, James. 
Oh, um, I, I think you're right. I think that, that if, if you're even just looking at a surface level of what is the story of a new hope you and Han's character arc through that, you go, well, he started here and he ends here. So what, what was the difference there? And, um, and I, I think that when you're looking at this Luke and Leia, I actually think it's less Leia and it's, I don't want to say that she didn't help at all, but I think it's mostly Luke. Um, because I think throughout this movie, Han liked Leia was interested in Leia or whatever, but I think he still sort of saw her as like a princess, a woman, you know, in, you know, someone that he may or not be able to get, but if he doesn't get, it's not the end of the world. I think the person that really changed him is all the time that he spent with Luke and, and Luke's, um, you know, we can't just leave. We've got to help them and all that stuff um, that <clears throat> led him to believe that there may be another Chewy out there. He has this strong, loyal friend and he doesn't trust anybody but Chewy. But I think in meeting Luke and learning about him and sort of in a way becoming his friend, he truly believed that Luke was someone who was not dishonest, who wanted to do the right thing and was in it for all of the right reasons and uh, didn't have any ulterior motives. And I think when he he left with all the reward money, I think he's like, I'm leaving that kid high and dry. It's not the rebellion so much. I think he really felt for Luke and felt like he found another friend that could be another part of his family. I think he turned around for Luke. Um, I think that it, it, I think definitely it's a little more Luke. I agree with you, James. I think they mm -hmm. both had an impact, but I think like Luke definitely kicked off. I think that, and funny that we're about to do make soul to happen day but i think what solo does so beautifully with han's character is you get the explanations of why he does the things he does in the original trilogy so when you see mm -hmm. the guy you meet at the beginning of new hope and when he meets luke luke is basically han solo and solo's star wars story the we've got ourselves a pilot. We don't need anybody else. Like I can do this. We need to help oh, people. Right. We need to do right thing. We need to like, that is Han in, in a solo Star Wars story. Like to the point that he's convincing Dryden Voss to do this thing. He's doing, you know, he's chasing after the girl, like Han was chasing after Kira. And uh, it's, I can't help but think that when the Kasdans were writing that, they were reflecting that character development and those kind of the relationship between Luke and Han in young Han because his just go get attitude where he cuts the cables so that, you know, Beckett and Chewie don't die, even though the money's on the line. He said that doesn't matter. What matters is that you guys are safe, right? Then at the end of A New Hope, when he runs, he takes off with the money and leaves the rebellion. He's basically being Beckett. He's taking the money and running yep. and leaving everybody behind. He goes, I'm not that guy because he's the good guy. He's the one that has right. the heart, like Kira said. I think that 
every time you have these instances where he decides to do the right thing, it's because he's realizing that he was once Luke and he knows what that's like. And ultimately, he is that person and he's been fighting it for so long that it feels good to give in to that good behavior. That being said, there are elements, obviously, for him to get money and be like, oh, it's a princess. She's got a lot of money. But then with Leia, you can't help but see a comparison there, especially in Empire Strikes Back, where at the end, he's looking at her longingly, just like he looked at Kira when she left without him, except he's looking at someone that's not leaving behind. He's leaving her this time. And there's that connection that they have in Solo Star Wars Story where he's being left on land. That's why he's telling Chewie, hey, take care of her, because he doesn't know if he's going to get out of it. And he knows that out of anybody in this world, Chewie's going to do the right thing and take care of her. And I just feel like Leia is someone that pushed his buttons. And obviously that they had that like, will they, won't they challenging relationship. But they also challenged each other to be better. So like you said, James, I think they both had an impact, but I think Luke is the one that kind of kickstarted that impact. Yeah, based on your answer, let me ask you guys this. When did Han, in your opinion, become his true self again? Because to me, I'm equating that to he was back when he turned the ship around and saved Luke at the Death Star trench run. But I think given your answer and potentially what John would think was saying too, because we're looking at the original trilogy and Leia's impact on Han, which really didn't start probably until about uh, Empire Strikes Back in my Empire, opinion. Empire, yeah. Did he become his true self by Return of the Jedi? So what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I, sa- I was saying A New Hope, so I wasn't really considering Empire and Return of the Jedi in that. Uh, Empire is Han's movie. And that's where his arc is realized, even to the point where Kasdan and Harrison Ford were trying to convince George Lucas to kill him off because they felt like he his character had seen his arc through to completion, which is, in my opinion, you know, rediscovering, you know, who this kid was on Corellia, this, you know, optimistic kid who believed in true love. And because Han was a hopeless romantic, you know. I'm going to go get a ship. I'm going to go back to Corellia. I'm going to get her. He, you know, He's like Jack Dawson in Titanic pretty much. And you look at him in A New Hope and he's just like the exact opposite. He almost feels like he's a player. He like he doesn't want to deal with this but attitude. It feels like he's lying now that we know him so well. Well, that's that's Fronting. where the yeah. whole if you've ever been broken up with or, you know, hurt or whatever by somebody you're going to develop all the scar tissue and it's going to change how you, you're going to be jaded and how you look at romance and stuff. And you're going to be you put up a wall. Yeah. And I think it took, if you watch like the beginning and first half of empire, let's not forget Han doesn't call Leia Leia until halfway through the empire strikes back. And it's literally a minute before they kiss for the first time. The rest, it's sweetheart, your worshipfulness, all these little derogatory digs. A lot of Harrison finger pointing. (laughs) Will you stop calling me that? And he says, sure, Leia. And then she like heard that and she's realizing that he's finally starting to warm up to her for real. And I think we're what we were seeing in A New Hope and Empire is, yeah, Leia's a very strong personality and she's challenging him. But that's also Han trying to test to make sure that she actually does like him because of what happened, what Kira did to him. He thought she was the love of his life. He was going to do everything possible to go back 
to a very dangerous situation where he was literally an imprisoned orphan to free her. And no matter what it took, he was on his own. Him and Chewie could have just went off and did the thing. He's like, no, Kira, Kira, Kira. He went to Kessel for her. Yeah, he did all these things. Yeah. So to think that he gets hurt so badly by her. And at the end of Solo, when you see him watching her fly off, that's one of the most like deep, like dramatic moments in Star Wars for me. Because you see him just watching his the love of his life rip his heart out of his chest. Choose and her Chewie and not his him. Arm. Yeah. yeah, Chewie puts his arm on him like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm, with, I'm for you. I'm here for you. So then you take all that because we've all gone through breakups and hurt and that heartbreak and all that. And he carries that with him forward. Now, who knows what happens in the 10 years between that. But you have to assume he never had another love until Leia comes into his life. And he's going to do everything he can to put that guard up until she convinces him that it's real and she does love him. So I think that whole thing about the I love you, I know thing is funny because it's almost like Han wasn't ready to say it yet. But hearing Leia say it, like gave him everything he possibly needed to know that he was doing the right thing. So then when he's going down and you see Han sort of being dropped down into the chamber right before the, uh, f- the freeze comes over him. He gives her this sort of like puppy dog look like I want to say it, but I can't yet, but I know it's literally the look in solo. No joke. It's the same look. And then she yeah. has his arm around Leia instead of his arm around Han. Yeah. And, and to me, it's the, it's, both of them it's luke and leia because like you said james i think you're absolutely right i think a new hope is luke getting to han in terms of like restoring believing in friendship and believing in you know doing something to help your friends and empire is where he learned to love again and then that all totally culminates in return of the jedi of course uh but i really also love the parallels Lacey brought up about han seeing himself in luke and because they were the same age, Han was 20, 21 in Solo and Luke's 19 in The New Hope. And you do kind of see in that, that, that cool scene where they're in the cockpit and they're both sort of like seeing where they each stand about how they feel about Leia. And Han just goes, I got too much going on to worry about that kid. And Luke goes, good. And then Han looks at him and he's like, you know what? I'm going to bust this kid's chops. He's like, still, he's got a lot of spirit. I don't know. What do you think? A girl like her and a guy like me? Luke's like, no. No, no, no. And then Han does this laugh like I've been there before. So it's almost like Han is seeing his unjaded life through Luke's eyes and that optimist, like like you said, James, we gotta we we can't stop now. We gotta go back and save her. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like he's Han in a weird way, even though Luke's the kid in the situation, he's looking up to Luke because he sees what he feels like he always used to be. And he's like, There's something wrong Han, with me that I Han's don't also- align with him anymore. And yeah, I want Han's to. been hanging out with people that have been bad. He's been in like the wrong crowd for so long that Jabba's, it isn't until yeah, yeah, that it isn't until he meets Luke that he like immediately meets him and he's like, "This is just some kid. It's stupid." Blah, 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 blah. But I like throughout that A New Hope movie, I think he's like, I think that kid's serious. I think that kid really is like gonna do what he says. You know, yeah. he's not trying to trick anybody. He's not trying to fool anybody. He goes, "I wonder." I wonder like if I should be like that, or I wonder maybe I'm in the wrong crowd or something like that. But I, I just want to, I also want to say, John, I think you, you nailed it a hundred percent. Like you convinced me on what the, the empire strikes back is because as you, as you were going through it, you got to the point, but I was already there ahead of you. I was like waiting to be like, yes, yes, yes. 
he, there's two parts to Han. Yeah. Luke saves the first part in A New Hope and Leia saves the second part. Finally lets it allows somebody into his uh, close romantic inner circle um, that he's been afraid to let go. So, yes, I think that's like 50 percent of him was saved. And I just think of that as like, oh, Han's back because when Empire Strikes Back, like he's not being the same Han anymore when you look at like his commitment to the rebellion and stuff. He's, yeah. you know, he's on Echo Base. He's, you know, willing to do this for his friends. He's obviously involved in all that. But I, I, you're right. I didn't really think of the romantic side of like his allowing people um, in in that regard. And, and and Leia had to break that for him. And don't forget, like, I'm not sure the map of the Falcon, but I'm pretty sure the spot where Han and Leia kiss for the first time is not too far from where. Kira and Han kiss in the Falcon in Solo, but the difference is that scene in the cl- in the cape closet in Solo is like the last kiss, the dying love, and the scene in Empire is the first kiss. It's new love. It's the start of their love. But then you have Han, like throughout Solo, it's something a lot of people don't either pay attention to or talk about. Kira keeps trying to like tell Han like things are not good I can't go back to this you're not paying attention mm-hmm. and he's just like I love you I love you I love you I'm not listening I love you I love you his blinders be on forever. yeah and then the flip side in Empire Han is paying attention very closely to everything Leia's doing because he lo- he likes her and he wants to make sure that she's real and this is real so he everything she says he picks up on and he tests her by pushing her buttons to see if she'll she won't go away it's a classic like abandonment thing like let me see how far I could push her and she'll stay around and because Kasdan wrote the final you know drafts for empire and he also and I'm talking about Lawrence Kasdan John Kasdan of course co-wrote solo but and Lawrence Kasdan also wrote solo that's not by accident like if you really look at the story of Han and Solo and compare it to the journey that Han goes through uh, in A New Hope, and the, but especially Empire from Kazdan's pen's point of view, there's so many, like, like when a photo's a negative, like you flip it and you're like, you're seeing Han from two Inverted. different points of view. And it's just so interesting how you can match those points as to things that happen to him in Solo are why he's doing things this way in Empire. And it's so incredible to look at. And it just makes me, that's what makes me love Solo that, that much more because it helps me understand why Han is the way he is in the original trilogy. So while people talk about, oh, Solo just checked boxes and stuff, I'm like, you need to watch that movie again and pay more attention because that movie's a lot deeper in terms of the journey of that character than a lot of other stories that have been told about younger versions of characters that I won't get into in Star Wars. Yeah, you know, Solo maybe- is a love letter to Han Solo. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Um, may, you know, maybe maybe you need to repeat it. So I, f- I understand what you're saying, because when uh, Lacey said that he's got his blinders on, he just is like, you know, t- telling Kira, this is the way that it is. And she's trying to say, no, that's not it. You know, like we're not in this relationship. That's not going to happen. That sort of feels to me like where Han was at at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Like he's the one saying you don't the real reason is you don't want me to leave because of the way you feel about me and she's like she's right clearly being like it's not romantic han listen to what i'm saying that's not the case that's not and he's like ah 
Ah, but it is. I know that it is. That's him testing how she feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's like he's he wants her to get to that point because he really does want her to be the person that saves him or he wants somebody to save him. And he thinks it could be Leia. Um, as long as she would just, I guess, commit yeah. and be honest. I think and, it's more of like a testing, that, like, Hey, I'm getting a vibe and I'm going to press these buttons to see what yeah. the, that vibe is. Oh, yeah. to me. I don't yeah. know if it's like, he's looking for her to save him. I think she did save him in a sense, but I don't think he's looking for that. I think he's just being like his kind of jerk self. Like when guys are mean just to get your attention and rude to get your attention, but but I, they're not trying to hurt your feelings. They're just testing boundaries. Right, but right. I think the only only guys who would like really do that probably have had issues in relationships before that. Sure. So you're saying it's more of a lack of confidence or a lack of self-esteem. I'm yeah. No, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm sort of saying <laughs> like I think Han in solo a star wars story uh was extremely confident and he wanted kira and he because that's what he remembered what was saying right, right. He, he remembered wanted, the good he, times yeah yeah he wanted to go back to that or whatever and and he was just severely optimistic in that point but i'm saying that carries over to me even in a new hope or in uh, empire strikes back because he's being he is He's not very trustworthy. He, he's not letting people in to that regard. But I think he'd be willing to let people in as long as he could get that person to actually commit and be like, no, I actually do love you. I guess I guess I'm not kind of not following what you're saying, because the way I took Han Solo and Empire Strikes Back, especially in the beginning of the movie, is that he very much is testing boundaries he's insecure in the sense of like what her true feelings are and he i mean with the exception of luke which we've established he sees himself in luke he has a connection with luke they're friends he cares about luke luke Mm -hmm. is the real reason he came back in a new hope it's not leia um in the beginning of empire strikes back he goes to save luke and then basically is like bye leia see you later i have no interest here but at the same time, he's poking to see what the interest is. I don't take it as him knowing she loves him. I think he's just poking fun to like see what the vibe is. Yeah, yeah. I and as the movie goes hmm. on and the stakes kind of interesting. And the stakes. I'd like to I'd like to explore that. Not necessarily right now, but like I'm I'm just kind of interested to 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 get down to where he maybe was as far as like his actual understanding of her love. And if he was in the same boat, I think he was poking fun at first and giving her a hard time. Like he did in a new hope, but in like more of a flirty way. And then over time until they were in that like kind of side room, he didn't realize it was actually being reciprocated until he made his move. Yeah. There there's that big moment where I think any guy who has ever tried to see if a girl liked him he says um or she says we need your help and he goes we need what about you need and she goes i don't know what you're talking about and he's like "Ah." so he walks off (laughs) and he sees if she follows him and the moment she followed him to continue the conversation he's like she does like me hooked 
hooked. <laughs> so before they leave Hoth, he knows that she cares about him. But until that moment on the Falcon where they kiss and he says her name for the first time, uh, which still blows my mind that it's that far. It's halfway through the original trilogy and Han doesn't say Leia once until that point mm -hmm. um, that they kiss is when it's like, it's the real deal. Cause then at that point they start holding hands. He tells Lando like piss off. Like this is my <laughs> girl, you know? <laughs> and then of course uh, it culminates with the tragic ending of the movie where, you know, the audience and Leia and Chewie and everybody think Han might be dead. Uh, and whether, even though he's in perfect hibernation, there's still no guarantee he's going to get out of there. I still find uh, it wild that like people saw that movie and then had to wait for the third one. Whereas we obviously didn't where everyone was like, is Han dead? And for years, <laughs> yeah. they didn't know if Han was alive. And I wonder if on a side note, I wonder, I would love to look at the archives on the interviews, just casual interviews of, you know, Harrison Fans. Ford in like 1981 oh. when he's, he's promoting Indiana Jones and uh, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course. And people ask him about Star Wars, and he's probably like, "Nah, my character died in the last one." Or, you know, he, you know, he probably had so much fun messing with people about that because at that mm -hmm. point, I don't even know that he. I think he, I don't know that he was under contract for three movies, and uh, you know how how flippant he is about that sort of thing. So, I, I, if I, I had to guess, I'm care. sure he had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of fun answering those questions. I think, um, um, yeah. I think it's one of those things like when I'm when I'm hearing you guys talk about how you are understanding Han in that situation, I think maybe I am just sort of projecting my own personality on like what I would do in a situation like that, because I know personally I would never I would never tell a girl like assuming I'm not married, I'm single or whatever. I don't I would never tell a girl you like me, you're into me, you know, kind of thing. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> If I didn't have any interest in that girl, I to do something like that just to see if that girl would answer with like, well, kind of, or maybe, you know, or no, something like I'm that. Just you, every to, girl that'd be the thing that sparks it. Every girl's I, answering I would with be the shut person, up, no, I don't. Every girl's answering what? with shut up, no, I don't. There's no way some girls going, Yes, I do. They're saying no. They're playing hard to get. Right. So I so in, in what I would think would be the case is more along the lines of like, I'm getting a vibe that this, this girl might actually like me. So I'm mm. going to get, I'm going to be confident about it, but I'm going to try to see if I can get her to admit that. Well, because I'm, but, I'm already getting that vibe. I'm not just testing her. But let's, I'm already getting something. But let's not her. get hung up on what we would do because we're not Han Solo. Well, I'm trying to understand, like, I thought it was what I would do. And I think you guys are perceiving mm -hmm. it as like, no, this character would do that. And I'm think like, about, oh, yeah. would he, though? You know, think I'm about like, Han sitting, I would. sitting in first light saying, we've got the pilot. That's literally what he does to Leia is, you care about me. You want me here. And she's going, what? No. And he's just like, you do. Han takes I'm big, the guy. Yeah, he takes big swings and he often talks first and then figures stuff out later and even says like that pushing in, the cape, in, pushing yeah, the cape, the dropping the cape, same thing. Yeah, like even in Force Awakens when he goes, uh, uh, I don't ask myself that question until I've already done it. It's just like he he's just a very he's he is a rogue, I've got an answer, reckless, but you're not going to like it. Yeah, yeah, he, he's just like 
shoot first, ask questions later, like talk first and I'll figure it out later. Like I just need to get past this moment right now. And I think that goes in all aspects of his life. But um, to, to go back to the other element of solo and the, the mentor element that we haven't touched on yet is the Beckett part. And I think where that plays in for the future of Han is just like at any point when you're a kid growing up and, you know, your dad tells you you have to go to bed and you can't stay up with the adults and like all that stuff, you, you know, you, I can't wait till I'm a grown up. And it's like the movie Big. He's like, I, I can't wait till I'm big and I can be the adult. I can be in charge and stuff. Han finally gets to be the adult. And then he sees, you know, Luke and he's sort of Luke's mentor in a way. And I feel like he takes on some of the stuff that Beckett passed on to him for sure. And you can see tons of parallels in a new hope. Oh, I said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Taking the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a billion like clear parallels. And the the reason why the character of Beckett exists is to show us that because you always, even though the way it ended between him and Beckett, you can tell he still loved him even after he shot him. You know, he's like, I was really going to play that Valacor. And he's like, I know, I know. And he's easing his body down is a very like dramatic and deeply emotional moment between those two. So he definitely still, I think, admired Beckett, even though Beckett betrayed him. And he carried a lot of those traits on with him. And we see that play out with Luke. But then Luke did something to him, again, like we said, to to round all this out, to make him almost want to... It almost, it almost felt like Han like wished he was still that way. And he saw he was almost envious of Luke's optimism. But it also did something to him. And that's why, James, to your point, he comes back at the end because... And Lacey, like you said, he's the good guy. You know, he, he, mm-hmm. he ultimately he's not going to go see about a job or go, you know, betray that kid. He's going to go back and help him. And you're right, James. It was for that kid uh, being Luke. Like he didn't know that Obi-Wan was in his ear helping him. He's just like that kid's by himself in the, in this ship. He doesn't I know what he's doing. I see him saving himself, honestly. He's going back to save his younger self. Yeah. I mean, that's a definitely a deep way to, to look at it. And what's cool about it, though, is. George Lucas obviously never wrote it that way. So it was retroactively written that way by Kasdan, who I think understands Han and and gave us a developed version of Han that George Lucas probably never would have dreamed of. Um, I know, you know, George Lucas created the character of Han Solo and, and all that. And I love how he's written in A New Hope. I also love where they took that character because if they didn't get, like if they just kept Han being the way Han was, it would have been a flat character and it would have been terrible. I like the journey they put him on and made the focus uh, part of the focus on empire about his arc and him becoming a compassionate, empathetic, selfless person who is the exact opposite of who he was in a new hope. And then they were able to retrofit that with the story in solo. Like, I don't think solo exists if Han Solo is this one dimensional, just playboy character. And we've seen star Wars try to make new Han solos all the time. Poe Dameron is certainly cut from the same type of cloth. He's, oh, you fly boy, you're reckless and all that stuff. We've seen that. Even Leia slaps him in the face. I think they tried hard to make him Han in The Last Jedi. And I think it kind of, I don't know, for his character, I was like, it he was doing work. the right thing in TFA already. Yeah. Like he was already doing, going to the, you know, the place to get the plans to help Leia. Like he wouldn't be the person that would fight every step right. of the way, I guess. It, yeah, it's hard to create these new like Han Solo type of versions because of one, the performance Harrison Ford gives, of course, but also the layers in which they wrote the character and, and that you really see a person develop 
And, you know, I'm not the same person I was when I was 21. And uh, that, that should be the same for fictional characters. And it's, you know, Luke Skywalker is the hero of the original trilogy, but Han is right there with him. And I, I like Luke's journey to becoming a Jedi in the original trilogy, but I'm more interested in Han's journey as a character than Luke's. I think it's deeper. I think it's more relatable. I think it's more human. I think uh, everybody likes the story of the guy that is kind of scumbag who is really the guy with the heart of gold. I mean, you can p- find so many fan yeah, favorite characters 100%. like that. Jack Sparrow is one. He shows up when he's a selfish pirate, doesn't care about anybody else. He spends the whole movie helping everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, which, which also is, is to, to go back to Poe really the bad too. boy. I, mean, I think that's, that's what mm. they're trying to do with that character is, um, it is they even even when they got to the point where they were like, maybe this guy is too good or something like he's like he's even though he's like throwing mutinies around, we haven't quite gotten it yet. So they need to develop even more. They're like, no, he used to be really bad. He used to be a spice runner and all this, you know, it's like they really tried to make him this character. I think it was, was too hard. <laughs> they went too hard yeah, into the Han Solo. Potentially. I, you know, it's funny that I. I d- totally agree that he is a Han Solo type, but to me, like if you put the characters one to one, I think of Ray as Luke and I think of Poe as Leia and I think of Finn as more of the Han Solo character. But what's interesting about that is that his personality type is like a Han Solo, which is probably why he connects with Leia and Leia's like, I see what I like about him <laughs> is what I liked about Han. He's got this particular attitude to him, but he's and- he is supposed to sort of be the like, rebellion yeah, and and not to make character it, yeah i mean poe's not the focus here but let's not also no absolutely yeah sorry. you know poe was originally going to die early and then they kept him around and who co-wrote the force awakens kasdan lawrence kasdan sure. never looked into it <laughs> so it, it's all there he probably said like let's let's pepper a little bit of this in here uh, even though we have han solo himself in the movie um i guess one other thing i want to touch on is you know, the, the, the orphan element, because Han was an orphan, didn't even have a surname. Uh, people joke about how he got the name, and I get that. That's fine. You know, whatever. I, I, I like that he had to make that name for himself. It wasn't something that was passed on to him. Uh, it, was, it was given to him by someone who didn't give a crap about him. He's just like, I'm going to give you something so that we can ID you. And he made a legacy out of that name. And then all throughout the galaxy, when people heard the name Solo, they were either really annoyed about it or they were glad he was on their side. Solo became a name and that, that carried on. So I like that element of it. But it also goes into the thing with Luke. Like when we meet Star Luke. Lord, man. And yeah. <laughs> You're right. Well, there's a, yeah, there's another. Yeah, there's another archetype. But <laughs> yeah. um, Luke, again, you know, also like Han, orphaned. He had his aunt and uncle. They die. So... Han seeing this kid who has no family and he's probably wondering like, why is this kid doing this? I don't think he, he knows he has no family at this point though. Well, yeah, he might not know, but I assume he see, just sees him with this old wizard and he's like, why is this kid with this guy? Where's his family? He probably Mm -hmm. like probably felt a little bit like how he felt on Corellia. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. But, but that probably that whole wonderment of why is this kid doing it? And the only reason why Luke's doing it is because it's the right thing to do. And I mean, Luke, Andy has nothing left for him. Yeah. And, and he, I think like Luke, like Mark Hamill said, like he believes that Luke is just genuinely believes in good. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I really do think we're right in that. And I hope our audience agrees that a new hope is what opened Han back up to 
believing in friendship and believing that you don't have to just worry about yourself. You can worry about others. And then empire is where he found love again. Um, and you, people can say what they want about Han in return of the Jedi. I mean, I felt like he was a little goofy in return of the Jedi. I loved him were, in return of the Jedi. I do too. Trust me. But he, he didn't like you. It, it didn't really add like, if you the look Jabba at the Palestine Jedi, is pure Han Solo. Yes, but I'm saying like Return of the Jedi, what does it add to the character arc of Han Solo? Probably not much, but he's, you know, he he's he's still he's there. He's fully he, invested. He's yeah, fully. exactly. Yeah, his, his arc was fully realized and he's still there and I'm glad he was there and he did a lot of great things for the story. But in terms of his character development. And his jokiness is because that. he's able to let down his full guard because he's. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's back to like how he was at the beginning of Solo, where he was very funny and jokey and having fun and and uh, hopeful. Where he's tricking and... stormtroopers to think that Chewbacca's eating him, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and even the optimism, like when they're in uh, Shuttle Tidarium, he's like, it'll work. Don't worry, it'll work. And he's like, I don't you, know, you know Joe, it's it might not work. <laughs> there's, there's no... Um... There's no dialogue of this, but it is kind of interesting as like one of the big story elements of the of Return of the Jedi is that even though Han has this bad history and debts and all these issues, his friends are still there for him. Um, He doesn't actually have a line in the movie where he says like, hey, guys, uh, that was my problem. And I really appreciate you guys coming and saving me. That could be that could have been a, a an arc that we'll just have to write in our heads as like him also realizing that moving past his previous lifestyle is something that the people that he's chosen as friends are with him on that and helping him get through what the decisions and and choices that he's made in the past in Jedi, you mean like when they saved them? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm tr- I kind of trying like on the though, his v- very like he's definitely nonchalant. Like you can tell that it matters to him, but at the same time, he has that Han Solo reaction, being like, "Oh, Luke's a Jedi, great." Everyone's got, you know, delusions of grandeur. And he's like, oh, I'm from this planet. There's nothing. He's like, oh, great. Like he just has this attitude. And obviously Mm -hmm. when stuff gets to the point that he needs to step into action and save Lando and do all, he does it. But I like how he's still coming out of Carbonite, even Leia being there and they have a moment together. He still defaults into that sarcastic because I think that's his defense is to go into the sarcasm and be like, yeah, whatever. This is stupid yeah. you know and he's at the absolute lowest of lows and he's like you're throwing out a fortune <laughs> yeah. Like- yeah but he did that pulling him away when it's all said and done though and they go their separate ways and luke goes back to dagobah uh honda say hey luke thanks thanks for coming back for me mm-hmm. now i owe you one yeah so he does he does thank him wait when mm-hmm. is that when he goes uh, to Dagobah. So the Falcon's flying to the rebellion and luke's flying to dagobah he over, says the, it over the radio over their comms he says hey luke Thanks. Thanks for coming back for me. Now I owe you one. Yeah. So, I mean, he does yeah. thank him. So it, yeah, uh, it is sort of there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then at, at the end of the movie, I guess the final completion is he says, I love you to Leia. And she goes, I know that I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have much else. Uh, I know we could probably talk a lot more about this, uh, but I think we, 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 nailed a lot of really good points and i thought it was a really good discussion so do you guys have anything else you want to toss out there before we uh hop on out of here 
I just got very sad because you brought up the Luke I owe you one, which is such a great moment. And all I'm, all I'm thinking is, Luke, I owe you one. Uh, go kill my son in 30 years. <laughs> oh, how? We just had a wonderful discussion <laughs> and Ben Solo has to I told you his I, ass into I, this thing. I told you I was sad because that's <laughs> where the story goes. So all of this conversation from Solo to the original trilogy is perfection, straight perfection. And then we get to what happened with Luke, and I go, no me gusta. <laughs> so I just like to leave it at Return of the Jedi is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, uh. Mm. Um, James, anything else? Um, no, but now I'm thinking about some of that stuff. Uh, I... The only thing, the only thing out of this whole conversation is, I, I, I feel like uh, we might also be due for a Leia original trilogy sort of thought piece, think piece on like where she was at in a lot of you know her decisions and stuff. That could be kind of cool. Yeah, right. And we can definitely dive into you know Han beyond original trilogy and and all that stuff. That's a whole nother discussion to have and that includes leia heavily so yeah um there's a lot to talk about and we're gonna need to have these types of retrospective evergreen conversations if if any of these upcoming star wars projects get end up getting delayed so uh we hope you enjoyed this discussion on han solo and and luke and leia being the ones that helped him rediscover his true self um so let us know what you think in the comments uh you can obviously email us if you uh, prefer to keep it private or comment on the video. Uh, but just share this if you like the discussion. Let your friends know who who like uh, Star Wars and like these characters specifically about the pod. We appreciate that very much. Uh, and of course, tomorrow, uh, if we we hopefully get more Solo, uh, just, just talking about this in depth about young Han and what else you know they can show us with Alden Ehrenreich, who did a great job playing Han as well in his own right. Uh, tomorrow, makes a little too happen day. Hop on your social media apps, whatever, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, uh, Instagram, <laughs> all of them. And just use hashtag make solo to happen all day. And let's have a good time celebrating Solo, Han, and the hope that we see more Han and Chewie adventures in live action. Um, and that pretty much takes us to the end of the show. So, uh, make sure you're subscribed, all that good stuff. And as far as uh, we go, you can find me tomorrow tweeting hashtag make solo to happen at Johnny Hoey. And uh, I have a movie podcast just like the movies uh, we're putting out. So we probably just put out an episode on Iron Man, the first Iron Man, another great character arc, Iron Man. Uh, who goes? James. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lacey Gillerin on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin and talking about Solo tomorrow for hashtag Solo yes. to Happen Day. Yeah, let's have a fun day. Uh, if you love Solo, definitely participate. Tell your friends if they love Solo. Get on social media. Uh, find out what their passwords were. Log in and use hashtag Make Solo to Happen. And let's have a great day. But we hope you enjoy this episode. And we'll be back with you Thursday live for another TRB Live right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.